0: Der Fußball ist zurück in der zweiten Liga. Rechte Neckfahne mit dem linken Fuß, bringt den Ball auf den zweiten der Tische! Tor! 1 zu 0 für die VfL
1: Bochum. Da draußen ist der Ball frei und jetzt ist er drin! Jetzt ist er drin und die ist Potzen, macht das Tor! We welcome you to another edition of this Fighter Bundesliga podcast, your home for the greatest league in the world. I'm your host, Matthew Karagic. It's a pleasure to have your company. And if you're a first-time listener, we're glad to have you for the first time. And we hope you'll be one of many. Of course, it was a massive match day of football, match day 25. We will be digressing that just shortly. We'll look ahead to all the action on match day 26, and of course, we will discuss your topic questions. But of course, I have to introduce my lovely analyst, guest, whatever you'd like to call him, on the show today. He is, of course, the head of the social media department for the international side for Valfa Bochum. It is, of course, Elliot. Elliot, how are you doing today?
0: Yeah, very well. Thanks. It's a pleasure to be back on the podcast again.
1: It is glad. It is great to have your company, and I'm sure it'll be one of many. Of course, of course, it is match day 25, and we had some very interesting results. And I guess it would be right to start in Hamburg for the Hamburg Derby. This game was played at the Milan Tour. And a resounding 4 0 victory for Hamburg, which cements their credentials as an automatic promotion candidate. Whilst for St. Pauli, it really puts a damper on not only the automatic promotion spot, but of course making that playoff spot brace for Pierre, michel Lassoga, Khalid Nara scored as well as Douglas Santos. Um, Elliot, from start to finish, it looked very very much one way traffic, and, and the result seemed to showcase that.
0: Yeah, Hamburg is clearly blue. Utter domination, really. Um, And yeah, it looks to be potentially the end of St. Pauli's promotion hopes. Um, Again, from their perspective, quite disappointing, really. Playing at home against your local rivals. Just set up in such a negative way and sort of invite pressure on, perhaps play for a 1-0 win. Either way, it completely backfired, really. But credit where it's due, Hamburg were an incredible dominated possession and the game and a very well-deserved win.
1: Yeah, I tend to agree. The, the point on St. Pauli in particular, um, you know, despite setting up in a 4-4-2 for Marcus Kalczynski, they they did sit back a lot. They looked, they looked like they wanted to play on the counter-attack, but many a times, especially in the first half going forward, they really lacked that cutting pass or... Just the overall quality and, and, and they were made to pay for it to no matter how fortuitous some of the goals may have been for Hamburg, I think they were you know, they were dominant, competent in possession, racked up a ton of chances and eventually they broke through and, and, and you have to, and I do agree with you, Elliot, um it's gonna be very hard for Saint Pauli to, to get into that playoff spot. Um of course they need a lot of help um to get there.
0: They did, but I think it, this game it could be summed up quite well by the um, possession stats according to Sky Deutschland. In a second half, Hamburg had up to of eighty the, percent of the possession. So, just your local, <laughs> local noise neighbours coming and just dominating the game in such an emphatic style is going to be a great hit for FC St. Pauli. But again, if you look at the goals, though. Potential poor defending, but you just got to give credit to Hando, really stating why they will probably return to the Bundesliga. Um, ruthless.
1: Another team that was ruthless in their quest for promotion was FC Köln. They absolutely dominated Armenia Bielefeld to the tune of five goals to one. Simon Trotter returning to the starting lineup, and how three goals for him makes his total to 26 for these fighter the Spider Bundesliga campaign. He's only his fourth goal of 2019, so very important for him. Uh, Dominic Drexler once again in the goals, as well as Jean Cordoba. Andreas Vogelsammer gave the very well supported travelling fans from Armenia something to cheer about, but it was a very dark day. Ellie, you are at this game. Um, give us your thoughts on the overall performance from both sides.
0: Um, yeah, I- yes, sir, I was potentially having a little out reporters walking and travelled to Bielefeld this Sunday so saw what we were going to face and yeah, the of viewing um, poor, poor uh, display from Armenia I Bielefeld I know that the podcast favourite Eva will be very disappointed she was at the game as well, it was just a oh, it was a dire performance and a huge golfing class really, SE um, Kern showed why they are leading this division but Again, it's just just stupid things like not marking Toronto from a um, corner. Just oh, it's just it, it, it was painful to see. And yeah, credit where it's due. I think Bielefeld had two to three thousand travelling fans who were incredibly noisy, well supported. But that's the best thing you could say about them so far.
1: Yeah, it was not. It was particularly one sided, and and Cone, you know they've had some patchy performances of late, and that was a state of intent. It it kind of partially reminded me of the the game against Dresden um, last year, where you know they had come off a few reiki performances and they just absolutely dominated. And and uh, yeah, it, it it's something they needed. I think they needed a big performance. And I guess if you're an Armenia fan, it it was kind of the wrong time to play them. They they uh, they obviously. We're back for the end of Carnival and they were very happy to pick three points up.
0: Yeah, it's worth mentioning John Cordwick. He had a terrific game. Uh, Really impressed with him. Him and Toronto had a brilliant partnership, but especially for the third goal, I don't know if you've seen the highest, but 50-50, won the ball just in the Bielefeld half, although still had a good half to pitch to run. Showed brilliant strength, pace, got away and then perfectly finished. So, That was incredible. And then the same with um, Simon Trotter. It was his 13th goal in seven games against Armenia. So clearly enjoys playing against them.
1: Yes, uh, just imagine if he played against them every week. uh, (laughs) He would be racking up to 200, 300 goals. But, of course, he can't. But then again, we shall see. Uh, Union Berlin, of course, are the third team in this promotional push. They swept aside Ingolstadt two goals to Neil sebastian Anderson. Getting in this on the in the goals again. It's his tenth of the season. Akaki Gogia getting the second. Of course, this game had a little bit of spice to it. Amakon was sent off. Make of you will. I think maybe a little bit harsh. I mean, he may have grabbed the throat of Akaki Gogia, but he was also doing a bit himself. Um, you know. It's a, it's, another, it's a bitter blow for Ingolstadt when you consider what happened around them in the table. But for Union, Elliot, this was a crucial win and it keeps them very much in touch for the automatic place.
0: No, indeed. Huge win in the Jens Keller derby. But I I, I I think the red car was fair. Um, just can't grab someone by the throat. Although, it's got to come out and say that the racist tweet after the game was disgusting and has rightly so been condemned by both. Clubs and other teams who are going to help the police investigation, but absolutely no room for that whatsoever.
1: No, totally agree. Uh, It's it's a shame that we have people like that out there still, Um, and it you know there's no need for it. It, You know, it's just a game. Like all in all, as much as we we obviously love the game and all that, it is a game of football, and I think some people take it way to, to places it doesn't need to go um mm. and 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 it's obviously a marked tweet a marked tweet based on obviously his nationality and and what and and it's it's a real shame and i think that's that's disappointing considering um you know the performance that onion put up and and and, and yeah, there's just no need for it
0: no um but did you think it was a penalty <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh I'm so line ball on it. I mean No, I I I don't know. I mean if you asked me another day I might have said yes and then if you asked me like 3 days later I'd probably t- overturn it. So yeah, I don't know. What what about you? What would did, what did you think?
0: Uh um, probably yeah. Um again, credit to Union Berlin. Their pressing was incredible. Came up the traps, gave um English that no time at all sort of thought it was a clumsy challenge, potentially correct giver. Although what I found incredible was that at halftime the uh, English that director of football, Harold Gertner, was interviewed Sky Deutschland, halftime during the game, coming out and basically saying, um, unbelievable decision. This happened to, this happened to us this week too. The Lionsman sort of gotta put his flag up and do something about it. And he just basically came out Flated referee at time during the match, and I'd, I've never really seen anything like that before. So, no idea if any action is going to be taken. But I know that if that was in England, the book would be absolutely thrown at him. Just <laughs> never really seen any, anything like that before.
1: I mean, when I, I guess what you would say is, if you're a team under the cosh, which they are, um, and, and a decision like that, which is which could be 50/50, um, you know, they know they're under pressure. They're in a situation where. The relegation zone is relegation in particular is, is becoming a real possibility and almost a reality um, yeah you can understand his frustrations but you know you, you, and the heat of the moment I, I,
0: I, I just think that there's a, a time and a place that just shows a complete lack of class and respect for the referee to sort of go and do that I, I, during the game post game I understand if you can have your little moans during the time but just during the game is he trying to get into the referee's mind. I, I don't know what the idea there was, but, yeah, you're completely correct, though. Grim times for Ingolstadt. And then, I mean, just go to your discipline. After Robin Closter was sent off for a high boot, you know, you, you're down to nine men away from home against a promotion-chasing side, so clearly not the formula for success there.
1: Yeah, it's looking like tough times ahead for them. We'll take a quick break. Do join us. We're going to head to our... For their game against Paderborn it's the group two game. Yes, yeah, so and we start those group two games in our as mentioned, They hosted Paderborn, and it was a two goals to one victory for the hosts, Emmanuel Ioa and Phillips Solichner, with the two goals for our Christopher. Atwi Ajay with the one and only goal. Of course, there was a red card in this game. Uwe Hunemeyer was sent off, though questionably. Um, uh, Elliot and I are talking off-air just before. In agreement that it was a bit of a harsh decision, but for our, this was a massive win. It breaks a hoodoo of around about eight or nine years without a win against Paderborn and Elliot. It's a, it puts them up to 10th place, and, and, and they're looking very pretty for, for their survival.
0: Yeah, you would expect our to beat the, the drop now. They've got a good 11-point cushion or so, so they'll be very happy with that. But again, good to see them kick on second consecutive wins after their brilliant performance away in Sandhausen. Uh, yeah, potentially you can feel sorry, especially with the Uwe Houdmire, I know it was a questionable red card, which we agreed upon and sort of potentially sums up the weekend's officiating in the title Bundesliga.
1: Yeah, it was atrocious all around the board, but I guess we can say that in a broad context that it's been pretty ordinary all season. And Yep, uh, there's not a whole lot to say about the offici- officiating. But for a Paderborn standpoint, uh, we'd say their promotion candidacy is, is pretty much gone from now. It's two consecutive defeats to teams that You'd expect them to go and beat maybe St. Pauli's a bit yep. of a stretch but Al in particular, you would have thought they would have got the job done.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. On on paper, you'd expect them to go and get the points heard but yeah, it was just a disappointing performance really and again with the defending, it was yeah, very, very good goal um, from Iowa but there was just no defending at the back post. It just needed one header to flick it on and the left back was nowhere in sight. Easy finish and I think if you're not getting the basics right away from home, you've got no hope. Um, but no, cr- cr- credit where it's due. Been pleasantly surprised by our who, yeah, seem to be grinding out results and will be in the league next season.
1: That is for certain. Another team that we expect to be in the league this season, besides barring a catastrophe, will be Bockham. They finally have <laughs> a win. We- they finally have a win. They went February pointless, but they started March with a win Lee Chong-Yong with the one and only goal to give Bochum a well-deserved victory Elliot you obviously at this game uh, a good performance and one that was needed a lot of the kids some of the kids from the academy got their opportunity to play as well and and uh, obviously uh, Lee getting a crucial goal
0: yes what a night at the Royal Stadion um, great to see us finally get a victory after yeah God yeah such a long 4-4 four, four consecutive defeats in the draw, so gritty performance, but yeah, really good result. Um, it was probably pretty even before Robert ended up, got sent off uh, for his second book offence, bringing down Jamra in the second half, but yeah, that was 70 minutes or so, from then on Robin side really kicked on um, through the kitchen sink at Heidenheim, and yeah, Got the deserved goal, really. It was really nice move, actually. You know, Robert Checker, uh, down the right inside, fizzed it in. First-time finish from Chung Yong Lee to the ost Delight. And, yeah, really good. Pressures lifted at Bochum. Um, of course they're going to be in, in the league next year. Don't be silly. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, p- pivotal victory. So, really happy with that display.
1: Absolutely. Stopping the rock was very important and it was something that we spoke about on last week's podcast, and I may or may not have mugged them off and thought they were going to lose, but, you know, no one remembers that. So, um, yeah, it's crucial winner. Never. He- here, you go.
0: Never write us off, How <laughs> <or> dare you. <laughs>
1: uh, um, as for Heidenheim, they're in the same boat as Paderborn. You would suggest now that it's all but over for them in terms of promotion and, you know, you know, they're still obviously having a really great season, but I think they might be a little bit disappointed they didn't come away with any points against Bokkev.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I would probably agree with that. Um, Manu Rieber made a couple of decent saves in the Borkham goal. Um, uh, but I, I get, wasn't overly impressed with um But then, you've got to take into consideration, uh, they were hit by a little virus before the game, so I think three or four of their first-team regulars missed out. The bench was heavily made up from players... Uh, from their youth team, so potentially they could use that as an excuse. But in the post-match press conference, um, Evan was very, very honest and it was nice. The um, high-mind boss came out and just said, It's a, a very deserved victory and my team weren't good enough, which was some nice, uh, refreshing honesty. But onwards and upwards, really, another three points on Sunday against Bielefeld and we can, yeah, just cement a top half nice finish.
1: A team that is looking to cement their place in the Suárez Bundesliga next season is Darmstadt. First home game for Demetrius Gramozis and it was a successful one. A huge win over Holstein Kiel. Three goals to two for them. Marvin Merhelm, Söder Dürsen and Marcel Franke getting in the goals for Darmstadt who looked quite good, uh, it has to be said. And um, Elliot, you know, you, we spoke about Grimotsis, um, you know, highly rated as the Bochum under-19s manager, and, and this was a good offensive performance for a team that has really struggled going forward.
0: Yes, yeah, I completely agree. And it was nice to see Dimi getting his first victory with Darmstadt. Going forward, they were brilliant, but you've got to admit, they were helped by the Holstein-Kiel, Kenneth, Kronhorn, whenever I, I, I seemed to watch Kiel. He makes a blunder. Um, I think past three or four games, he's been questionable. In in this instance, it was a terrible parry. Uh, Just, yeah, pushed it straight back out. And it was an easy finish for Durston to get his um, ninth goal of the season. But, yeah, again, expected more from Kiel. But credit where it's due, brilliant, gritty performance from Darmstadt, who, again, are looking fairly solid.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm glad you actually brought up Kenneth Cronholm because his last few games have been very underwhelming so to speak but they don't really have oh, a goalkeeper who could make a challenge for his position as the number 1 and 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 I think we uh, it's been spoken about you know previous seasons that he has cost kill some crucial points or even you know some really bad goals and uh, interest to get your take on his overall performance and do you think that maybe Kiel should look to the future of bringing in someone to shore up um, Kiel's uh, goalkeeping situation?
0: I mean, yeah, for, for, for a team that's pushing uh, for promotion, obviously, it's um, validity starts at the back and a good goalkeeper is important and, yeah, he, he's been there since 2014 or so. He's been a great servant to the club, but I think he's quite wrong. I think he's in his late thirties or so, mm-hmm. thirty-two, thirty-three. So potentially it is time for young blood to come and re- replace him. But I can't remember who it was against where he sort of came out, uh, got dispossessed by the byline, and then yeah, trying to play or kick out for a throw-in, and then someone scored from a really. The Q angle um, was that against Union Berlin. It was against Furt, actually. Jewish, so. It was against. Fert, yeah, no, yeah. there we go. Yeah, Marco so, Caliguri. I mean, that's at least five or so points I'd say, which he's cost his team. If you were to add those five points on now, there'd be sat forty-four points. You know, only three from Union in third. So, yeah, I don't like to single out players, but potentially in the summer, that's <clears> a, an area in which they could invest in.
1: That is some food for thought. Do join us, we're gonna take a quick break. Group three games are on the way. Jan Regensburg and Duisburg to kick us off. Yes, and we start at the Continental Arena. Jan Regensburg hosted Duisburg and the Spores very much shared. 1-1 was the final scored. Hamad al opening the scoring on 39 minutes and then Kevin Volz, scoring, a penalty on 67 minutes. But the penalty did come with Maybe some controversy, Elliot. I mean, penka it looks like he's punching to clear the ball, but he connected with Jean Verhoek's noggin, which led to the penalty. Um I want to get your thoughts on it. It seemed very you know, incidental, but uh, what do you reckon? Where's
0: the controversy? Uh, it's still more penalty. Uh, my, my, my. I
1: don't know. I mean, Terrible uh, goal. It was terrible goalkeeping.
0: He's come out completely, missed the ball, and slapped his head. Yeah. Which, I, I
1: don't fair know. enough. I mean, yeah.
0: I, I, I don't know. In, in, in a week of questionable decision and refereeing, I thought it was a fair decision. And yeah, Penko really has cost Yarn all three points here. But yeah, no. Would you not have awarded that?
1: No. Because I see that he's trying to play the ball. He's late. I do get that. But, I mean, you, you can't stop he can't just disappear his momentum he can't stop his momentum like i mean he's obviously he's whiffed and the hope just happens to be there I, I would probably would have been a bit more lenient and just been like well he's trying to play the ball um
0: if that was a defender jumping against a defender would a foul be given at any other place in the pitch though
1: probably
0: probably it, yeah yeah it's it's, it, it's clumsy he's it's falling cl- into him he's
1: no I do agree it is clumsy and, and you're 100% right he cost Jan what should have been three points um, and they should have overtaken Paderborn in the standings and and here we are talking about what was a, a bad mental error um, by one of their more experienced campaigners and, and you know they've given Duisburg a point that they once again probably didn't really warrant
0: Oh, com- com- no, I-, I-, I agree they're completely undeserved um, but yeah, credit ratio, good spot kick put away by Kevin Voltz but yeah, really should have been three points and you could just judge at their final whistle by the Duisburg uh, players' reactions, they were elated, Regensburg knew that, they were throwing away uh, two points here but yeah, just in a fairly uneventful game I think the goalkeeper has cost his side here
1: that indeed we would be talking about Greutherford and Dinamo Dresden as our next game but of course that game was called off due to storms within the area that game is yet to have a play, replay date we will I'm sure cover that when it comes by but the last of our match day 25 games was in Magdeburg they were defeated a goal to nil by Sandhausen Andrew Voughton with the one and only goal in that game it's a massive win for Sandhausen who get off the bottom of the table, um, which condemns Ingolstadt to the foot. Uh, it's a big loss for Magdeburg, who lose ground on the likes of Darmstadt, Fürth, Dresden, and Bielefeld. Elliot, um, relatively uneventful, but you could see that Magdeburg really looked lost without Christian Beck and Felix Lodkemper leading the line.
0: No, offensively, they they offered nothing. Uh, and yes, yeah, in a very scrappy game, um, yeah, just the one goal from Andrew Rutin was enough to get the win for Sandhausen, but uh, correct me if I'm wrong, this is another team that you wrote off this this weekend as well as Bochum.
1: I'm sure I'm not the only person who may or may not have written off <laughs> Sandhausen this week, but yes, uh, I mean it was a terrible same- prediction. Yeah, it, it, it always it serves me right for predicting in this league because it is unpredictable and, and I don't think many would have picked Sanhausen to win on the road, considering this Magdeburg side has been quite impressive, but they would look very toothless going forward and, and I think the, the, the sooner Christian Beck and, and Lok Kemper get back into the side, the better they'll be for it. it. It looked very jagged, but for Sandhausen, first win since match day 20, which may have been against uh, Bochum if memory serves me correctly on match day 20 you didn't have to mention that <laughs> <laughs> i was going to um but that's crucial for them because it's a team we've written off as pretty much they're going down um and it just it makes things a little bit interesting
0: oh it does um, I, I agree this is why this is one of the, the best leagues in the world it's so tight on at the bottom um yeah with didamo in 14th Created a five point buffer, obviously, um, Gabe in hand as well. But yeah, there's, just, there's points between the sides, so much to play for. And Magdeburg can get dragged in. Sandhausen just need a couple of more results, and they're out of that completely. So, incredible win for them. Never write them off in the future.
1: Nice. Um,
0: <laughs> but no, it, it is, I mean, it, it could potentially go down to the wire, and you would hope it does from a neutral perspective.
1: Oh, it's expectant that we'll probably head into the last match day and we'll have absolutely no idea who's going down um, and that's how we like it, nice and unpredictable. We're going to take a quick breather. Uh, do join us. Match Day 26 preview is just around the corner. We're going to start in East Germany for the Dresden Magdeburg East German Derby. Do join us. We welcome you back to the podcast. Of course, Matchday 26 is almost upon us, and we are going to start with a former East German derby: Dynamo Dresden hosting Magdeburg. Of course, Dresden didn't play because of the weather affected conditions in Fürz. Magdeburg beaten by Sandhausen one goal to nil. In fact, when the two sides met last time; it was two all draw, which was nice and entertaining. Magdeburg have not particularly been strong in this fixture. Their last win against Dresden came in the 2007-08 season in the regional regional Liga Nord, uh, which is a long time ago, but it's good to see they are playing in the Zweite Bundesliga. Elliot, of course, plenty on the line when it comes to a derby game, but this one may have a little bit extra with the sides below picking up points.
0: Yeah, I mean, if there's ever an incentive to win, they've just got to look below the five point gap is there but could easily go away if the result doesn't go the correct way here but yes you're looking at the recent pictures it's a draw riddled derby this so it should be interesting to watch but again having this game played at Dresden you bet the atmosphere is going to be rocking very passionate fans over there but yeah not sure what your tip is but for me it's got draw written all over this
1: yeah I'm the same I actually watched this game when it was played in Magdeborg and the uh, as much as I was tempted to turn the volume down, I couldn't help but keep it nice and loud. Atmosphere was rocking. Uh, the football was very good. It was, um, you know, Magdeburg. You know, I think had the lead. Well, one of the teams had the lead. Uh, they were two nil up and they blew it. And it was a really good game of football. And I'm hopeful that we're going to see plenty of goals in this one. But I, I tend to agree with Elliot. It it has draw written all over it. Which you know, it's not a bad result for either side, but doesn't particularly help them get out of the... Worst. Not very
0: good for the neutral.
1: No. Well, not not particularly, no. But we shall see. The second of our Group 1 games is in Heidenheim. They host Union Berlin. Of course, Union Berlin are in decent form. Heidenheim have lost two on the bounce. The two sides met in Kopernik in 2018. And it was a one-all draw. Uh, Union has won this fixture three times. The last win... Came in the 2015 16 season, so it has been relatively Heidenheim's. So, I guess the question is you know, we've seen Union improve on their travels, they've had two decent wins. Of course, Holstein Kiel was the last of those wins on the travels. Can they get a result in Heidenheim?
0: Um, yes, uh, just from Heidenheim, terrible performance on Friday, obviously losing at Borum. Would have hoped for a better result there, and coming up against the Union Berlin side, who unbeaten in their last five, won four, drew one. They're full of confidence. Heidenheim, again, two bad results on the bounce. I think, yeah, Union are going to kick on and really try and solidify their third place spot.
1: Yeah, I'm in the same vein. I think they've they've played really well in the last few games. I um, have Union and, and we've seen you know we're we've, we've seeing the best of them. They're starting to peak at the right time. You know they've you know they're taking care of business against the sides that they should beat, and also getting good wins like the win against Holstein Kiel. Um, and for Heidenheim, they I don't know they it's almost like they look tired. They look they're they're fatiguing. They're kind of limping through towards the finish line. Obviously, relegation doesn't look like a problem, but they they, no. they they lack the same intensity that they brought earlier on in the season. I think it, it's kind of showing.
0: But again, they're unbeaten in their previous five. It should make for good viewing. So hopefully it doesn't end in another draw.
1: We can only hope. The last of our Group 1 games is in Kiel, the aforementioned Kiel. They host Erzgebirge Hour. Auer. In fact, Auer won this fixture last time two goals to one. Of course, Auer coming off two consecutive victories. Kiel coming off two consecutive defeats. It's quite an interesting fixture, this one. In fact, Auer have never won in Kiel in all their meetings from Schweizer Bundesliga to Dritterliga. So this has the makings to be quite an interesting game. And and with the form that Auer is in, uh, you can't really underestimate them.
0: No, no. I mean, yeah, you you read Auer have never won in, in Kiel and you'd write them off immediately but two consecutive victories, impressive home and away yeah, you know what, they they, they could go and get something, it depends if Cronholm wants to gift any more points away to the opposition and the Kiel goal um, but no all in all I, I, I do think Kiel will kick on and get back to winning ways really, they've been impressive this season but potentially a little blip in form is not their confidence but I don't know how you see this but I will back the home side here
1: yeah i'm I'm in the same vein but cautiously optimistic that you know that hour could sneak something from this game. They've been a lot better since the start of 2019 where they kind of forgot that the season had restarted and and <coughs> that's best being nice they they were really poor early on but um that being said, I think they've improved massively. Um, and and getting the likes of Emmanuel Emmanuel Ayoa going, you know he's on loan from Dusseldorf. You want him to score goals. Uh, Paco Testro it's been really good for them, um, and, and they've and they've looked decent in the wins. The last two wins they've been really really good. Um, so you know, I think Kiel should win the game, but they should be wary that our could really cause them some discomfort throughout.
0: No, it is it, it is a very hard one to call. I do agree with that.
1: We'll take a quick breather. Group two games on the way. We're going to start with the Eva and Elliot Derby. armenia Bielefeld <laughs> armenia Bielefeld versus Bochum. Yes, yeah, so we start off at the Alm. It's armenia Bielefeld versus Bochum, when the two sides met last time, it was a 1-0 win for VALFL. Um, but surprisingly, Bielefeld recently have had a good record. They've only lost twice in the previous 10 meetings between the two sides. Bockham's last victory in Bielefeld came in the 2013-14 season the 2-0 victory. In fact, Patrick Fabian, who still is at Bockham, started that game and he's the only player who will potentially be picked for this game who's in the current squad. So, Elliot, this is a game you will be at. It's your first away day experience. Um, obviously, you'd be looking forward to it, but what are the chances, you reckon, of Bochum stealing a result against the Bielefeld ty- side that was severely battered last time out?
0: Yeah, fairly decent, I'd say. Um, just very two contrasting results, really. Bochum finally getting the win, which has had a huge positive effect around the club, huge lift for everyone. Um, yeah, Armenia shedding five and a pathetic display in Kern. So it's, I mean, yeah, obviously it's a regional derby, so the atmosphere should be great. But Farfeld, as you said, don't have a brilliant recent history. Uh, I mean, yeah, I think they've only lost twice in the past 10 meetings. So if you're going to look at the form book, it would say Armenia. But I do think that Bochum will. It's not even will surprise. We've had poor form, but I think we are back. And if you look at the table, two places ahead, we should really be looking at this one to get potential points. So, yeah, I'm going to go for a far away victory. What about yourself?
1: I'm probably going to sit on the fence this time. I'm going to learn from a mistake of going against Bochum. Can't,
0: um, can't, you can't say a draw. You need to side with myself or.
1: That's not fair. <laughs> That's not fair. I? <laughs> I, I, I generally think it's going to be a draw, though. Um, I see both teams getting goals. I wouldn't be surprised if Fabian kloss is on the score sheet. He's arguably one of their better goal scorers. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting game. In terms of how Bielefeld shape up, I expect changes, I think. Uh, defensively they were obviously horrendous and and it'll be expected that they improve on on the back half and then for Bochum, yeah i i you know they they were impressive last time out but um and defensively that's the key they were they've been really ordinary in 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 the final in their first third so um i expect it to be tight um you've got two wily old coaches in in robin do and Uwe Neuhaus. um yeah, I I can't mm. see the teams being separated. I think it's it's going to be tight, but yeah, I don't think any either will be good enough to separate themselves.
0: It should be a very feisty atmosphere, though. Um, both sets of supporters after the game this weekend had some very disparaging chants about the others, so the fans are clearly anticipating this. And yeah, from a neutral perspective, I think this is one of the games to look out for. It should be a thriller.
1: That it should be. Uh, we will make our way. Up north to Hamburg. Of course, Hamburg has been painted blue this time. Our Haas host, Darmstadt. Of course, Hamburg won this fixture early on the season. Two goals to one. But surprisingly, the last two times Darmstadt have made their visit to the Volkspark Stadium, they have run away with the three points. And that's the only two times, surprisingly, that Hamburg have lost this fixture. So, Elliot, will Darmstadt make it three wins on the trot? At the Volks Park Stadion. No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, um Yeah. I think Hamburger are, are, are gonna be buoyed from the four nil. Derby Day victory. Um yeah, brilliant start. Only two draws in the history of, of this fix just so you can probably write that one out. I would back a home victory, although yeah, surprised that um Berkshire have won on, on on their past two visits.
1: Yeah, I was surprised reading it as well, and and yeah, it, it's quite it's quite a weird stat because Dumpstadt, aren't particular, you know, they haven't been known for their road success, and no, no. It, it, yeah, it's surprising. Um, but I tend to agree. with you. I think Haasfowl, with that that Derby win, I think they're going to kick on now, and they they know that all they need to do is create a gap between themselves and Union, and and that promotion. At the very minimum will be theirs, and um you know, that 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 I think I think them scoring heavily like they did was really important for them because they've had a lot of games where they've they've maybe scored one or two and and haven't looked particularly yeah. impressive yeah. But, but that display um last week was a show of intent, and I think they'll yeah, I agree on. I think we both agree that they're going to kick on and take the win,
0: definitely
1: the last of our group two games is also. A derby match. We've kept all the derbies in check. It's Jan Regensborg versus Greuter Fert. When the two sides met last time, it was a goal A piece. Draws have been the big fixt- The big winners, almost, so to speak. There's been six draws in this fixture. But Regensborg have won two of the last five. So, Elliot, of course, two sides that are near each other in the table. Of course, Fert had that game in hand. They didn't play on the weekend. How do you see this one playing out?
0: I uh, hate it, but I think it's got draw written all over it again. Um, two very similar sides. I predict very scrappy. Um, potentially not a brilliant game for the neutral. But, yeah, hopefully the wind will have died down. So, first find play. I can also vouch that. I played myself on Sunday and the weather was incredible here. Just, I like, getting blown over. It was that strong wind. So, hopefully that's all fine and we can have a decent performance in the pitch
1: fingers crossed I I generally think Regensburg are going to win this game they cost themselves the three points against Duisburg game they should have won um and there'll be motivation I think there's some real added motivation yeah of course Ferd have had the longer break due to not playing but um I think I think I think it's it's first lack of creativity going forward. Like they they've kept a few a few clean sheets under Stefan Lytle since he's taken charge, but they haven't scored a yep. lot of goals. That's that's the real problem. They they really lack something in that final third, and I think I think yeah. Regens, Regensburg have that quality. and I think that'll be enough for them.
0: I mean, even that disappointing draw at the weekend against Duisburg. They're they're still unbeaten in in their last four. So. they're they're coming into this in quite good form whereas third haven't played for a for a week before that draw two lost one so yeah I would potentially side of you there for a home victory
1: yeah but we shall wait and see our last three games are just coming up to join us we're going to start in Duisburg when they host FC Köln Yes, and the first of our Group 3 games brings us to Duisburg. They host the league leaders FC Köln. In fact, Duisburg won this fixture in 2018. That was in Torsten Lieberknecht's first game in charge of MSV. In fact, Duisburg have met Köln 80 times in all competition, with Köln winning 40 of those games. Duisburg's last win against Kern came in the O four O five season with the game ending a goal to nil. So it's been a long time between drinks for Duisburg. Is there any chance the Zebras get something from this game?
0: Um, looking doubtful, really. I think if there's a time to break their little voodoo, now is not the best. You've got Kern coming into this pretty good form, especially from the weekend's route against Bielefeld and Duisburg. Yeah, luckily getting results, just not looking like a very effective, spite of Bundesliga side. So, I mean, say it most weeks, when you're you're deciding to choose between Toroda and Anthony Modest, it just shows the level of quality in this current side. And I think they will have, they'll have too much to really stand in the way.
1: It's almost unfair that they've got the luxury of riches, and I guarantee any other team in the in the league would happily take one of those strikers and they'd bang in 20 go- 20 goals with absolute ease. It's it's really hard not to pick Köln in this game. Duisburg have grinded out results, obviously the Magdeburg 1-0 win, the draw at Regensburg, but they've not been impressive. They haven't played well. Um but I guess it's a testament to their character that they've been able to find results against those teams um near and around them but this is going to be a step way too big for them They, i don't see them having the quality or the ability to stop uh the likes of drexler uh, and toronto or or if he goes with modest and even cordoba who i think's had a really good season and i think going down a division's really helped his confidence because he had a really poor season last year at f2 but yeah
0: I think sometimes he likes the, the credit he deserves as well. I mean, obviously Trotters gets a lot of the goals, but a lot of hard work off the ball goes in from Cordoba, winning the 50/50s, being the strong competitive forward he is, and yeah, it is good to see him flourishing. And again, did score the brilliant third goal at the weekend.
1: That he did. That he did. We're going to move from Duisburg to Paderborn. They host Ingolstadt. It was a really important clash for Ingolstadt. Uh, bottom of the table again desperate for a victory, but they haven't had a lot of luck in this fixture. The last time they won in Paderborn came in the 2012-13 season. They won that game three goals to one, but Paderborn have won four of the last five meetings, with three of those ending with the scoreline of two goals to one. So, Elliot, if you were predicting this game, would you say Paderborn will probably win two goals to one?
0: I would probably, yeah, that's a very good prediction. Would like yourself?
1: <laughs> yeah, I've already chucked that in the kick tip, so that's a, that's a given. But this is a massive game for Ingolstadt. You know, they've the teams around them have picked up points. There might not be massive hauls of points, but um, this is this is becoming a game where if they drop points here, it could really spell some real dire times for Disanza. De-
0: yeah, no, I agree with that completely, but. You could look for English stat this is a, I don't know, don't want to say six points, but you would hate to see them get cut off at the bottom. Um, but yeah, difficult place to go, Paderborn And I really, they I mean, yeah, lost two on, on the on the bounce, but this season they've been really impressive. And I do think it's just a temporary blip. I think they'll get back to winning ways at the weekend.
1: Yeah, it it you know the the last two games. I mean, the, the hour loss was, but. Uh was a bit disappointing and same with the the loss to Saint Pauli at home. Uh you know. Yep. They, they will they'll be hungry to win this game and and I think um just just the way that they're playing I think will cause Ingolstadt who have improved under Jens Keller I think they're going to they're going to struggle a bit and it's, they they kind of suffer from what Greuther have is the, is the lack of consistency in the final third and and the inability to score goals. When needed, and, and also defensively, they, they they make stupid errors, and they've they've given yeah. away too many costly mistakes that have that have eventually seen them lose games.
0: But again, what an opportunity to bounce back and sort of show the league what they're capable of, and yeah, two one to to the on is the popular bet.
1: That it is the last of our match day twenty six games to preview brings us to Sandhausen. They host Saint Pauli. St. Pauli won this fixture last time out, three goals to one. And the last time that Sandhausen won this fixture was back in 2016 17 when they won 3 0. Just a nice little in- interesting stat. One of the equal top scorers in this fixture is none other than Sami Alagri. He has two goals, so you, his goals are not at a premium in this fixture. So, Elliot, with St. Pauli slightly adrift and Sandhausen in desperate need to get out of the bottom two, how do you see this one going?
0: Um... Yeah, St. Pauli obviously gonna have a lot to prove after their humbling at, at, at the weekend. On paper, you'd expect them to go and do the business, but last weekend, you wrote off Sam Howland. I think we've learned not to do that now. Uh, although no, um, mm-hmm. I would. I'd be. I would be surprised if they cut anything out of this game. I do think St. Pauli. They've got a good history in this fixture and should really kick on and, yeah, just maybe put pressure on only on.
1: Yeah, I tend to agree. They've got a point to prove after that Derby Day disappointment and no better team to beat than, than a Sandhausen side that you know has really struggled uh, wherever they've played and I think it, it'll be one of those games that, that, that Kalczynski will emphasise that we have to win if we want to apply the pressure on a, on a Burnham side that has been really, really good. Mm-hmm. That is the end of the... Previews. We're gonna go straight to the topic questions. We have two for this week's edition of the Spider Bundesliga podcast. The first is from Insert Name at the Sixteen. They ask, with the season winding down, what te- two teams do you see getting promoted, and what two do you see getting relegated? Of course, this is a topic that will, I'm sure, continue to answer as the season continues to wind down. But it's one that I'm sure will change frequently. Uh, Elliot, uh, who are your t- teams that are going up and the two teams going down?
0: Yeah, I think the table sort of stays is at the moment. I would tip Kern and Hamburg um, both to go up. I think Union will play against Schalke in the relegation playoff and obviously win that. Um, no, um, that was a terrible joke. Um, yeah, I would... Yeah, Kern and, 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 and Hamburg to go up. Um I I weirdly I I can weirdly see Ingolstadt potentially finding a way out of it really, I'd, I'd go Sa- Sandhausen and Duisburg to go down
1: Yeah, I'm in the same boat the promotion going up, Hamburg and Köln, and yeah, I still think Ingolstadt are going to find a way out, I, I think Duisburg will eventually get found out and some of their gritty draws will turn into defeats like, I just can't see it and Sandhausen, despite us riding them off, I think overall, I think on the way home, they're gonna they're gonna fall apart and and they will find themselves going down. The last question is from Steel Penguin at Steel Penguin Three. He says, hello everybody. Do you see any teams from the mid table joining the promotion fight or the relegation fight? And then he asks, Do you think Christian Tietz, former Harisville manager, will manage again in the Bundesliga? So I guess we'll start the first question. Um, do you see any team? From the mid table, either Heidenheim Paderborn or Holstein Kiel, challenging?
0: Oh, As boring, the answer is probably not, no. Um past few games, Kiel have stuttered. Um, again, last season, beaten in the playoff, I really don't think that they're ready to be making a, a, a challenge, really, um, anytime soon to go up. Um, looking down, though, potentially, yeah, there is there is a lot of room for manoeuvre there. Um, obviously, powerful borchum should be okay, um, Been a good thirteen point buffer or so. But yeah, I mean, just looking from Darmstadt downwards, that's only a um, eight point gap or so. So I think realistically, that could easily be done. I think that the bottom half is going to be slightly more interested than than the medium teams getting in the promotion push. Don't know how you see it.
1: No, I tend to agree. I think I think you've hit the nail on the head there with the team. Darmstadt and below is still vulnerable. Um, especially if the teams below can get results, if Magdeburg can close the gap, uh, then it makes things very hairy for the teams above. And um, yeah, I think you're right. That game in hand between Furt and Dresden is going to be mightily important for either side. And, and and whoever can, yeah, very whoever, much whoever could become victorious from that that would be a massive three points and and, and yeah and it could shape the the, the fight even more um, in the tilt for safety so I think yeah I think you're very much right on the Christian teachats side of things um, Elliot do you see him making his way to manage back into the spiderder Bundesliga or do you think he's Going to be looking for
0: a bigger fish to 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 have. Yeah, I mean, you say for a bigger fish. I'm not too sure of his record at Hamburg if he's going to really find a, a bigger club at the moment. But yeah, I mean, 47. He's obviously got time on him on his side. I would expect him to dip into side to Bundesliga against Bunnycheck. can't, can't see any Bundesliga teams taking him on. I Don't know how how you see it.
1: See I had this thing where if Stuttgart, for example, were to go down hypothetically speaking, and Weinsel oh, they, yeah, that... they, they wouldn't keep Weinsel. I think he would be a good fit there.
0: Yeah, no, that is actually a good good good, good but,
1: point. I I mean and and his football as as shown was was very good in the Bundesliga but they struggled immensely in the second tier so I think his football is very much yeah. made for the first division yeah. so I couldn't I, I couldn't imagine him coming back to the Spider-Bundesliga unless it was for like a club like Stuttgart who who somehow got relegated um, this season Would
0: you would you have him at Schalke when, when they get relegated? <laughs> you're a
1: fist you're take um, maybe maybe I think then, then you'd have a, a serious conversation. <laughs> you'd have a serious conversation if, if, if we were to go down. But um, we're not into that doomsday scenario situation, and we're not going down. So touch wood. But um, yeah, I think he's a very talented. Famous
0: man. final word.
1: Yeah, very famous last words. But you never know. Well, but uh, yeah, I,
0: I know, but I completely agree with the full perspective. His, his team did play nice. Except- attractive brand of football, so it, it would be good to see him back in either top two divisions, but yeah, got potentially could have yep. predicted the future.
1: I feel like that's a watch this space kind of scenario, and I think... Uh, well, there we go. Yeah, that, that there's your reference, just in case that does happen, but you know, you never <laughs> know. <laughs> uh, before we go, Elliot, um, is there anything you'd like to plug? Um...
0: As always, the Far from English Twitter account, please go give that some love, help us grow. Um, yeah, we've published the first part of our interview with Friday's match winner Chung Yong Lee, which is quite interesting. Go and check it out. But yeah, apart from that, just keep following the podcast.
1: That's that's the way that's the way you need to do. Um, I do have a match analysis on Saint Pauli and Hamburg coming out. Should be coming out on. Wednesday morning uh, UK time so uh, that'll be on football bloody hell so something to check out or just check it out on my Twitter feed um, so hopefully I get that all right and all good to go. We do thank you for your company uh, what has been another hectic week of spider B Bundesliga football. We hope you have a good weekend and we hope to see you soon, goodbye. And for the